With me today, we have four gentlemen who uh, worked uh, for a company called Ionix. Uh, on my immediate right is Mr. Ark Pang. Next to him is Bill Katz uh, and Eddie Geischecker and Bernie Mac. Bill, I'll ask you, since you were one of the early members of the company, um, how did Ionix come about? Uh, well, Walter Judah, who is unfortunately dead now, was really the technical brains behind, behind Ionix. And uh, he was born in Germany, and because of the Hitler thing, he had to get out. As I recall, he went to France at that point, where he met his wife, who I think had an important role during the war in uh, in uh, undermining uh, the uh, the Nazi thing. She, but uh, he finally got over to this country. I didn't know exactly how because I didn't know him in those days. But as soon as he got here, he began to do some work at MIT. And uh, I think that's where he came to the attention of George Dorio, who was the big man of American research and development out of which Ionix was formed. And uh, so I, I think that's probably enough to say about that. But Walter Judah was a very important man because he really came up with the idea of the electrodialysis membrane and started that work. But Ted Gow was a very, very important man in the development of the overseas market, which turned out to be the big market for uh, desalting. Right, right. Yeah, I worked as the inside person for Ted for quite a number of years. That he was running around the world <clears throat> when they uh, do all the calculations on the plant and make sure every, the proposals get going. While Ted was make, getting the information and doing the running around. Yeah, because you, you, in in the early days, the the, the 50s and 60s, I guess, primarily, yeah. you sold a lot of equipment into the Middle East. Yes. Somebody, I think, right. Floyd without, Mellon without told me one time, East, like 700, would have, would have 700 plants it. or something like that. All through the Middle East, yeah. from North Africa right to uh, Baghdad. Right. Well, right. But Ted Gile basically uh, pioneered almost all of this. Now, I think the first taste, first major taste of RO was the seawater BOT project we did at Mas Palomas. Yes. It was a major project. Is it was, that right? Yeah, it was sort of, we pioneered as Ionics, which many people don't know, we pioneered the whole concept of uh, uh, seawater desalination and selling, selling water. And we right, would, own, right, it. We would right, own it. I remember that. In those days, we would we would uh, balance sheet the financing, or we put as recourse financing. Today, we always look for non-recourse financing, but uh, that was the start. And then I think from that start, I went on to, you know, with, with Ionix, and now with the work I'm doing now, looking at uh, investment uh, projects to sell water. Okay, right. so, yeah. Well, I think, I think today the market for electrodiasis that people are looking at is how to, how to uh, reduce the demand or, or the re reduce the need for a uh, evaporator 
you know, you know if, if you want to go to zero liquid discharge, can you go to a, can you concentrate stuff until you can go to a crystallizer? Was there an issue with the molded spaces? I don't really remember. There was a tolerance on uh, talking to Tom Kirkham. There was a tolerance of uh, thickness on the spacer, and it was very difficult by molding them to keep that within the proper tolerance. And it just they couldn't mix it with the die cuts. If you don't have the proper tolerance, that stack sort of leans. Yeah. <laughs> the, th the thing is, what you what if you looked at the molded spacer? I really examined it very closely. What happened was that the the mold, you know, because of the molding process, the uh, high spot, high points were always in the same place. Uh. So that when you put the, when you assembled the stack, yes, you had to, you could play around a little bit with that. You had some degrees of freedom, but when you built the stack, you tended to find that there was a high point in the spacer. In the, in the assembly, and uh, you could had a hard time sealing the stack. You couldn't seal the stack, right? Right. So yeah. it, you know, it went went through a, fair, you know, a lot of iterations of you know, how do you uh, um, how do you put the spaces in? You know, the, there's four orientations of the space of the spacer, but you can you can manipulate some of those uh, high points out. When Ark mentioned Barcelona. Which is, you know, a huge plant. Did you ever think that one day electrodialysis would be used in a plant of what is it, seventy mgd? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Or did you think that was beyond the beyond the capabilities of the technology? Oh no, I I didn't think that there was anything. I mean, it was just a question of how many stacks you would use, and I think the more stacks you had the more you could set up a stack repair facility on site, you know, I, I never thought there was any limit like that. And then uh, even when RO was becoming uh, commercialized, RO had its scaling issues and various issues which didn't quite fit well in the Middle East and we continued selling in the Middle East because they were high scaling waters. But with the higher salinity waters, the better understanding by RO how to control the scale with the anti-scalants and the higher, in the higher power consumption of the uh, EDR, you saw that shift sometime in the 80s, that shift that was making it much diff more difficult. And it was inevitable that Ionix would be an RO EDR company. Ionix, and You've already mentioned it in passing a couple of times, but Ionix was one of the early, if not the earliest, firm to pursue, build, own, and operate facilities. Uh, how did you decide to get into that business? I, rec I, I recall, you know, um, in like in 84, 85, we got the, uh, the mandate from the board that, you know, because basically we were selling equipment. We were all packing a suitcase, going around selling equipment, mm -hmm. and that we wanted to go into the, what we call 50-50 strategy, where half our income will come from service business. Right. So we got the mandate, I think, for $100 million from the board in 84, 85, to go out and get us into the service business. That's when we, you went out and looked for pure solutions and ultra-pure and, and, you know, the, uh, the iron exchange regeneration business. We went into the aquacool bottle water business. That was all yeah. part of this. We got to get into the service business. And, and a spin-off of that was 
to look at, rather than being selling equipment to water merchants, we'll be a water merchant. Because a lot of water merchants in the Middle East made a lot of money from our water that we produced for them. And we began to uh, say, we should be able to sell this water. We have the technology. So we did that at Maspalomas. We did that throughout the Canaries, uh, Santa Barbara, whenever there was an opportunity. Uh, then we, there was the Hama project that, uh, that we did in 2004, but I think a very significant project, spinoff of the triple membrane system, UFRO, is we took that and we went and did a major water reclamation plant. At the time, over 100 million gallons a day, still today one of the largest plants, using uh, treating uh, secondary treated water, using NORIT membranes followed by Torrey membranes, right, which right. we have made in Boston because right. we had the joint venture to make Torrey membranes right. also. We, we dabbled in that also. Yeah. And that plant's still up and running. And that was in Kuwait, right? In Kuwait. Yeah. We, in Kuwait, we treat 60% of Kuwait's, Kuwait City's sewage water conventionally and then with UFRO. And now we're going to take that plant and uh, take it from 375,000 cubic meters a day. And in the next 18 months, we'll be treating 600,000 cubic meters. And what do you do with the uh, product water? The product water goes out, and because it's such high-quality water, it, one of the original concepts was it was going to be uh, utility water, general water for landscaping. It's used basically for uh, produce farming in the, in the, in the region.